And now here's another timely yet timeless word from the Word of God from one of our services at First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. Today we're going to be back in the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Luke chapter 9. We're going to be in verse 49 through 50, but we're going to go back to verse 46 for the sake of context so that we can understand uh, really what's happening in this passage. So if you have your Bibles, please go ahead and turn there for us. All right, here, here's what Luke says, beginning chapter 9, beginning in verse 46. An argument started among them as to which of them might be the greatest. But Jesus, knowing what they were thinking in their heart, took a child and stood him by his side. And he said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you, this is the one who is great." John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow along with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not hinder him, for he who is not against you is for you. Well, when you go back to verse 46, we see that uh, that itself is right on the heels of Jesus telling the disciples for the very first time that he, at some point, is going to be handed over into uh, or delivered over to the hands of men. And that's, that's, a, that's a solemn pronouncement. And here, the next thing that happens, the disciples are arguing over who is going to be the greatest. Now, that's so much like our human nature. Um, I hope I don't have to explain that to you. Uh, we, we like to look out for ourselves. We like to take care of ourselves. And that's what the, the, the apostles are doing there. Who is going to be the greatest? Now, Jesus responds by just grabbing a child and bringing it in their midst. Now, you got to understand, a child in that society was pretty low on the totem pole. And so adults didn't spend a lot of time with children except for rearing. Uh, they, they weren't part of the conversation. But Jesus says, tells the disciples, hey, you see this child? If you receive him, then you receive me and you receive the one who sent me in other words the father and then he says he who is the least among you is the one who is great well this is talking about humility uh, there's no doubt about it these guys are talking about who's going to be the greatest and Jesus says that's not important the greatest is the one who is the least so that brings us to our passage this morning and and Travis if you just want to share something real quick with us there yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of the same theme here uh, of having humility. Here you have John kind of exposing the, you know, that he's um, worldly, mindly thinking. And it, it's it's kind of crazy to, to see him going to Jesus saying, Jesus, these other people are casting demons out in your name. And we tried to stop them because they're not following you. They're not following with us. And it's almost like you, you think about like a, a backyard uh, soccer game or something. It's like, you know, you got this group over here they're playing soccer and and all of a sudden this other group over here is doing much better and it's just like well well who are they like they shouldn't be here and they need to it's it's real it's it's petty it's well you made a real good point that this other group is doing so much better than we are because who are they who are they preventing from doing what he was doing it's, it's a man who's an exorcist who is casting out demons in Jesus' name. Right. Go back just a few verses earlier. What were the disciples not able to do? They weren't able to cast out that demon of the little boy. Yeah. 
But here they come up against a man who is casting out demons in Jesus' name. you got to ask, what does that mean? Okay, that, that means according to his authority, according to his purpose, according to his will. This guy, he's not like the sons of Sceva. Do you remember them? Mm -hmm. Acts 19. Um, you know, the spirit and just got all and whooped them. And they ran out naked. And they, they ran out naked. <laughs> and because they weren't true, they weren't truly following Christ. This man is. And so here, here he is. He's successful in ministry. And the disciples say, well, because he's not following us, yeah. you know, you got to stop that. So on a surface level, it, it's, it's petty, right? It's, it's immature. And then underneath, I think, in the deep layer of it, it's a spirit of jealousy. Yes. It's a spirit of jealousy. It's one that looks at somebody who's supposed to be on the same team and they're they're mad. So in, in you know, baseball terms, right, you got this all star player all -star on your team. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you wanna be that guy, you wanna be that that home run hitter and he's knocking it out of the park every time he gets up and so you're jealous and you know you you put a little uh, laxative in his drink before the game because you know you're 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 jealous and and it's really kind of uh, John Phillips said it's the same spirit that Cain had when it came to Abel. Mm. God saw Abel's sacrifice and he he blessed it and said that Abel good job and Cain saw that and he was jealous that God showed favor and so what did Cain do that jealousy led him to murder and and so you think about that well what does that mean for me well how do I look at my neighbor in light of this passage it's easy for me to look across the street and see my neighbor who has all these fancy toys, these new cars, these, you know, the, whatever, four-wheelers and, and all these big things they have and just think, well, man, I, I should have that. Well, what am I not doing that I don't deserve that, right? Haven't I been a good tither, a good steward of God's money? Why can't I enjoy that? And, and to me, the, that same spirit really breeds disunity yeah. in a church. And I know we talked about that earlier. Yeah, uh, MacArthur is the one that I got this from. He says that pride, um, that uh, breeds exclusivity. You mentioned an all-star team. Mm -hmm. When you said all-star team, I was already thinking that. The right. apostles were the all-star team. They were an exclusive group. They got to travel with Jesus, eat with Him, sleep with Him, right? You've got these 12 men. That's your all-star football team right there. But there's this guy out on the side. He's legitimate. As a matter of fact, several commentators that I, that I read said, well, of course, nobody knows who he really is, but he may have been one of the 70 that Jesus would be sending out with the power to heal, with the power to cast out demons. Maybe he was going to be one of the 70. He was, he was with Christ, and that, that's what we see in, in verse 50 there. Uh, so, yeah, it's the spirit of exclusiveness, whereas humility, uh, that... Um, that, 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 that operates, that functions to bring about unity. Okay, so you've got pride, exclusivity, humility, um, unity. And throughout Scripture, uh, you, you can look all over Scripture and you're going to find it where basically God uh, looks down on the proud, but He exalts the humble. And you know, too, another point here, I think what robs us of joy more than anything that I think in, in, in the American culture right now is comparatism. Oh, yeah. Comparativism. Okay. Um, 
comparing others to yourself. Comparing others to yourself, right? Think about social media, right? How many of us are on Instagram or Facebook and we're constantly seeing other people's feeds? Oh, well, they have this and they have that. And really, you're only seeing the the, the good things, the snapshots of, look at my life, it's all uh, perfect. Me and Megan uh, had a conversation the other day uh, and she actually, you know, did sort of a fast from social media because she found herself and I found found myself doing this too where it was like, okay, well, I'm seeing these other people parent and and they have like these little perfect <laughs> picnics and they have these per- and I, I'm like we're struggling to brush her teeth at night like I mean we have to hold her down and and I mean I had to get in there and I'm looking on Instagram and Facebook and do you see little kids like just you know I'm just like what are we not doing right and we know that at the at the end of the day every child's different every you know they have a different personality and all this but it's that comparativism it's 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 me comparing myself to what other people are doing and it robs me of joy and it leads to a spirit of jealousy and so it makes it almost and then you you get think about it it gets to the point where I have a a, a vengeful and a hateful spirit towards my brother yeah absolutely well Paul dealt with this in the church at Philippi. In chapter 1, uh, I'm just going to read a few verses here and then, and then I'll uh, share with you. It says, um, And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Um, Then he says, What then? Only in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Now, what you got to understand here. Uh, these, these these critics of Paul, they're actually preaching the gospel. Paul calls them brothers. In Galatians, he calls the false teachers false brethren. Now, these are brothers. They have the right doctrine, the right theology. They're following Christ. They're preaching Christ. They simply have the wrong motive. Okay. Then he says some are doing it for the right reasons. Well, in the end, verse 18, Paul says, I rejoice regardless of the motive that Christ is being preached. So you've got John looking back and thinking what they had done earlier in excluding this man because he was doing something in the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. They should have been rejoicing, uh, not preventing him, not stopping him. Uh, Paul would have rejoiced that demons were being cast out in the name Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. And so you think that same spirit of jealousy uh, really stems from a spirit of pride. Yeah. I I mean, pride is the the gateway which all other sins come through. Yes. Uh, And so it kind of goes back to Philippians chapter 2, right? And I'll read it here. It says, so uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind and having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So he's speaking about this idea of having unity. And then he goes in verse 3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. And so you look at the spirit of jealousy and the spirit of pride. It's in the opposite. um, It's it's in what I'm trying to say. It's a polar opposite. It's a polar opposite. Yeah, it's in complete... 
opposition opposition humility. against humility yeah. yeah and so when you you look at this john is exposed um by what's really there yeah uh, and the truth is me and you and everyone else are exposed as well uh because if if we're honest if i'm honest we all struggle with this yes even in church somebody can get up on this platform and sing a beautiful song and and there'll be many people who say man praise god for that voice but then there's going to be some who are well well i didn't get that that applause whenever whenever i sung or why 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 don't they clap for me or i can do that and and it's just that that nature in us that wants us to be known yes and the beautiful thing is that in christ we are fully known and fully loved regardless of how messed up we are yeah well back in the luke just to uh kind of wrap this up i guess we have to look at jesus's response It says, do not hinder him, for he who is not against you is for you. Uh, this, this, This can have a lot to do with, let's just say, I don't know, church cooperation. Uh, those of you who are members of our church and who are members of other churches in the county know that by and large, we we share in a lot of things together. We share ministry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that is a good thing. They're trying to win people for Christ. We're trying to win people for Christ. So when we work together on those things, that's great. But th- that's not a blanket statement that says that we can work with anybody and everybody. There's a couple things that have to be there. Um, they have to believe the right things about Christ, mm-hmm. all right? And they have to teach the right things about Christ. So there are, we, we, we need to be discerning. Paul tells us to, to discern the spirits. We need to be discerning in our, um, I don't know, partnerships with others to make sure that we and them are um, promoting Christ as we should in our work together. And if they're not, then we should not probably shouldn't partner with them and Jesus says look if they are if they are if they are for us then they are then they're part of us then they're then they're with us so across across this county across actually today across the world in the vast majority of places there are churches that are preaching the gospel all right, that's the church universal. We praise God for that. Uh, you go to Revelation five, and you have the angels say, uh, "You know, uh, we, blessed are you uh, because you have purchased men for God from every people, tribe, tongue, and nation." So yes, we are to be a globally mission-minded people, and one of the ways we do that is in humility. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. We certainly can't force the gospel on others in pride. Um, I can't imagine doing that, but I, I'm sure I'm sure it happens. Yeah, I think it happens more than we'd like to admit. I know in my own life it does. I remember early on in ministry, I would look at other ministries and say, "Well, what am I not doing right?" You know what I mean? What if what, I must not be preaching right, or I must not be doing this? And all the focus was on them, and not on God, and not on let me worship Him. And if He blesses this, He blesses it. If not, then hey, you know, let me look at my life. And uh, it's just that 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 spirit of pride it lurks in all of us, waiting to pounce out. Um, yeah. And. and- 
Go ahead. Well, well, the truth is, if we're if we're you were talking about comparison and uh, this comparativism, and that that is so real. The truth is, when we compare ourselves to the ones that we should compare ourselves right. to Christ and mm-hmm. to God and to the standard that Jesus set, uh, then our our pride gets squashed rather quickly. Pride only comes up in comparison to others. Yeah. When we when we when we look at God, which is where we should be looking, He is the one we should be trying to please, not others. And uh, when we do that, man, pride. It gets squashed rather quickly. Absolutely. So you think about this. When you analyze your life, I think every one of us can look and say, you know what? There's some areas of pride in my life. There's some areas in my life where the spirit of, a spirit of jealousy comes up from time and time again. What are we to do when that happens? Well, the Bible is pretty clear in 1 Peter. He says to humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you. Uh, it's sort of this um, backwards to American culture, right? Of, uh, you know... Exalt yourself. Exalt yourself, right? And everyone will know. No, the kingdom says... Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you. So, are you struggling with pride? Are you struggling with a spirit of jealousy? The Bible says to humble yourself before God. Confess, repent, and He will exalt you. Uh, and so, you know, that's sort of a, I wouldn't say remedy, but a model for us as believers when we're convicted of pride and we're, we, we kind of find ourselves in the same shoes as John did, we should run to the Father, yeah. not from Him. Right. I mean, I think we mentioned this just a couple of weeks ago, and I'll close with this. Uh, the Bible says that uh, in, in, in the Old Testament, says that Moses, it's in Exodus, was the most humble man mm-hmm. on the face of the earth. And mm-hmm. all you got to do is look back and you see, well, who has he been spending time with? Right. He's been in the tent of meeting, right. meeting with God face to face, so much so that when he comes out of the tent, his face is just glowing, okay, with the presence of God, as it were, the, the, the glory, the Shekinah glory. And so he has to put a veil on so that people don't see it fading. But he is in the presence of God, and it creates humility. So if you recognize pride, Maybe that means you haven't been spending enough time with God. So an antidote for pride is spending appropriate time with God. Okay? The closer you get to God, the more your pride will be squashed. Because we realize we have nothing. Matter of fact, Paul says that in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, I believe it's verse 4. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? In other words, you didn't produce it. God gave it to you. Why are you boasting as if it's something that comes from you? No, everything we have comes comes from God. That promotes a spirit of humility, understanding that these are everything we have is a gift of God. So I hope that, as, as Travis says, that in your struggling with pride, with jealousy, with these different things, that it will drive you to God. He is the remedy. He really is. Well, look, we want to thank you for being with us again this morning. Uh, We pray God's blessing on you. Uh, And again, if you need anything from us, you just have to contact us. Um, I've made a few runs to the... um, prescriptions to pick up your prescriptions and stuff for folks uh, who knows what you might need we might be able to help so don't be afraid to call us um, if you would let's just let's just bow our heads and close in a word of prayer 
Father, we come before you once again as your children to say thank you for the life that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Just last week, we talked an awful lot about his death, burial, and resurrection. And Father, all that that means for us, both in the here and now and forevermore. And we are grateful that was all part of your grand design. And so we're thankful that we are part of that design. So now, Father, as we move ahead in this world, it's so easy for us to get prideful, to get jealous of others, and it's wrong. It is sin. Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize it immediately and turn to you, and not only ask for forgiveness, but to spend time with you. That is a cure for pride. Mm -hmm. Just reveal yourself more and more to us each and every day, and we'll give you praise and glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, take care, and God bless. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. You can find more information and follow us on Facebook or visit our website, crawfordvillefbc.com.